They say this cat brother Craig is a bad brother. Hush your mouth. But I'm talking about Hatchet. Then we can dig it. The really real deal with brother Craig, the Hatchet Man, every Saturday. Who is the Hatchet Man? Where is the Hatchet Man? Who is this Hatchet Man and where can we find him? Okay, okay. Brother Craig is the Hatchet Man and you can find him at WMTW 820The Answer. The really real deal with Brother Craig, the Hatchet Man, on 820 AM WNTW. Now, no more water, you guys. Please! Who let the dogs out? Well, well, well. Hello there, Virginia. Your friendly, friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming at you live here on Virginia's Big Dog Radio Program, The Really Real Deal. And uh, having a little bit of technical difficulty this morning, I really hope we're being heard uh, loud and clear out there. But things here in the studio are a little bit haywire. And, uh, so, um, okay, I'm hearing a little bit better uh, in in my uh, microphone now. But, yeah, this is uh, a little bit crazy, kind of like the times we live in, a little bit crazy. Sometimes you could say a whole lot crazy. But, folks, this is what a fourth turning looks like. This is what draining the swamp looks like. And, you know, and as I've been saying for years, years, that every four generations – this country goes into a very ugly, crazy time, and uh, it's just that we think that this is something unique because it's unique in our particular lifetime. But, uh, folks, it's not unique. Trust me on that. It is not unique. And uh, as a matter of fact, Mrs. Hatchett and I were watching a, a TBN program with uh, author Jonathan Kahn, and, uh, oh, goodness gracious, I cannot wait to get that man on this program, but uh, his latest book, The Paradigm. Now, you know, this is highly unusual. I haven't gotten the book yet, haven't booked the guest yet, and I'm talking about him already. <laughs> but uh, and for one thing, he confirms uh, some of the things that I've been talking about for years is that this ain't new, okay? And God's holy word, the Bible itself, it says there is no new thing under the sun. And he brilliantly, brilliantly connects uh, the prophet Elijah and um, uh, Ahab and Jezebel uh, to uh, Bill and Hillary Clinton. Uh, there's another uh, biblical character that he connects to to Obama, and then yet another Jehu, um, who is like a warrior, but is kind of you know not um, let's say not a choir boy. Okay, he's an onion toter, but he's not a Boy Scout. He connects. That's Jehu. He connects Jehu to Donald Trump. Fascinating stuff. Fascinating stuff. Okay, but. Today's show itself is fascinating stuff as well, folks. And uh, I just want to say welcome to the program and thank you for joining us. And uh, But look, we've got uh, on the way to the studio right now one of my good friends from, uh, from my Bible study in church. I'm telling you, this guy, um, he's not our regular uh, Bible study instructor, but uh, he filled in one day. And he's a scientist. His name is Russ Giacofi, 
he filled in one day and he did a Bible study on science in the Bible. And uh, man, it was just mind blowing stuff. So I've asked him to uh, appear today and most folks call in. He's coming in. So he's about five minutes out. We're going to have him. We're going to save him. That's our tease for the day. So you guys, you hang around, you hang on now. Okay. Uh, that's our tease for the day. He's coming on in our 1030 hour. And uh, then in, at 11 o'clock, uh, we have Tara Ross, who's written a book, and, and her book is about the very nature of our republic and elections, the electoral college, the difference between a, a republic and a democracy. And so we have her. Uh, she's going to follow up uh, on, with, uh, with Russ. Russ at 1030, Tara at 11 o'clock. And, uh, but in the meantime, we have so much other stuff uh, to talk about, of course, we have an election coming up. We have uh, Donna Brazile kind of outing the Clintons and Obama, okay? And just saying, and, and look, this chick acts like she was so surprised in, in her book. Oh, when I was appointed interim head of the Democrat National Committee, I was shocked, 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 shocked. Did I, and did I say I was shocked? <laughs> How are you going to walk up in there in a den of thieves and um, how are you going to walk up there in a den of thieves and um, be shocked that there's criminals? How? Okay. It's just, I mean, the, the entire Democrat Party, and again, this goes back to Rules for Radicals, Saul Alinsky, who was a, a mafia guy, okay? As a matter of fact, he brags about it in his book, Rules for Radicals, in, in interviews that he's done. They, these people are proud of what they do, okay? They're proud of it. And so, you know, how in the world can you be shocked, <laughs> okay? It's just, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And so this chick knew exactly because she was a part of it. She was a part of it. She was a part of the effort to derail the the only admitted honest socialist in a party full of socialists, okay? He's the only guy, crazy Bernie, and Bernie's not so crazy. He's like all these other members of the coalition of evil, the communists, the socialists, the fascists, the atheists, the Muslim fundamentalists. What do they have in common, okay? And did, did I forget to say the leadership of the Democrat Party? Okay, who again are asking you to be deceived. Okay, they're asking you, and again, God's holy word says that there would come a day when even the elect would be deceived. That's not the word of Brother Craig, that's the word of God. Even the elect would be deceived if, if, if possible, if possible. And so, folks, my role as watchman on the wall, and anyone out here in this audience who calls him or herself a watchman on the wall, this is your role also, okay? Because the last time I checked, uh, the book of Isaiah, it says the watchman on the wall that God has placed on the walls of America will not keep silent. So why do you folks keep silent? Why does Reverend Chickenfoot keep silent? Why do low-fat Republicans keep silent? I've been, these revelations that are coming out, I've been saying them for years, years, okay? Not months, not weeks, 
Years I've been saying these things. And they run this phony scam, these, these, these lies that the Democrat Party tells. And then I get pushback as a Christian. People have the nerve to call me up from time to time. I haven't had one lately on this program, but, you know, I get them, particularly when I do uh, my Comcast TV show, which we, we have two more Wednesday nights in this run uh, of my Comcast program, okay? But I get people want to call up, oh, well, you call yourself a Christian. Why are you so mean and all this? I mean, my big brother, your big brother, if you're a Christian, Jesus Christ, he himself called liars liars, okay? He, he did this him, himself. Ye are of your father the devil. When you speak a lie, you speak it your own. Because your father, Satan, is the father of lies. In this, in the very same chapter, in the eighth chapter of the book of John, the same chapter where it opens up, where Jesus shows mercy on the woman who was caught, uh, you know, red-handed committing adultery. And everyone wants to stone her. So Jesus, and she's humble. She's repentant. And so Jesus shows grace to the humble, grace to the repentant. But Jesus cites the law to the proud, the arrogant, and the haughty, okay? And so I think I'm on good ground when I do these things, okay? Very good ground. And it just galls me sometimes, I, particularly when I'm on Comcast. I get a phone call, you know, somebody, you know, they're all upset uh, at, at the way that I do things, that I'm not squeezably soft, Okay, and see, and my reply to these people is you call up a guy called the hatchet man and you're worried about I'm not squeezably soft. Okay, that's Mr. Whipple, the charming man. I'm Brother Craig, the hatchet man. We're going to take a break and we will be right back. A man and his microphone, Brother Craig. Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this rendezvous with destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at SalvationArmyUSA.org. 
Military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at SOWWCharity.com. Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance at VAChristian.org and SaltAndLightCouncil.org. And there's also churches and others, many, many very worthy groups out here doing the Lord's work. So we support not only our own group, thefirstamendmentinc.com, which keeps us on the air, but the main thing for you, the listener, is to give. Give somewhere, give generously, and give often. And give in the measure that God has given to you. Thank you, Virginia, and God bless you. Folks, you listen to Michael Jackson there, the man in the mirror. That's what it's all about, folks. Welcome back to the program. Your friendly, friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on Virginia's big dog radio program, The Really Real Deal. And I've been, you know, and I haven't really emphasized this enough like I used to when I was new on radio, but I would get down on that thing was like, not just the deal, not just the real deal, but the really real deal. <laughs> and uh, folks, and that's that's what you get on this program. And now that ad you just heard with... Um, uh, the Fairfax guy uh, running on the Democrat side for attorney general. Okay, aside from the fact that he's, he, you know, really the guy's too young for this. I mean, let, let him go somewhere and, and be a, an assemblyman, or a, a, a mayor or a vice mayor or something, you know, young cat, young cat. But interesting, uh, you know, the Democrats, they call themselves the party. And again, it's all lies. They're the party of lies. They are a member in good standing, a card-carrying member of the coalition of evil. All right. But they have a plantation. And black Americans, it's, I mean, what is it about brown skin that makes you want to just feel like you need some uh, big, uh, some sugar daddy protector. It's really ridiculous, and it is actually very insulting, okay? You can't stand on your own two feet as a man, as a woman, as a Christian, as a as a intellectual thinking being created in the image of God. I mean, you need these mafiosos to protect you. I mean, come on. This is, this is ridiculous. Now, you know goodness well that, and if you don't know it, you're about to find out, but I've been saying it for years, and many, many others uh, also say it. But you see, the Democrats control so much that affects the culture that they lie. And it's an old saying that a lie has gone around the world twice before the truth gets its pants on. And so, but, you know, as a watchman on the wall, I'm just going to give you the truth again with this uh, Republican-Democrat uh, black-white uh issue here is a simple fact that the Republican Party is and was the party of freedom. The Republican Party was founded as the party of freedom. And so back when all blacks were Republicans, you didn't have drive-by shootings. You didn't have an 88% out-of-wedlock birth rate. 
as a matter of fact, over 100 years ago, it was exactly the inverse. Exactly. Okay? And the most likely subgroup, and again, folks, I really, yeah, you all who are longtime listeners, you know that your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, I don't like to play the race card, okay? But, I mean, we have to run political ads. The ad came, I think it's a good ad, and it speaks to black voters where they are. Now, for my part, I'm trying to get black voters to move away from race-centric voting and move towards issue-centric voting, okay? What is it that you believe? Because the election, it's about you. It's not about Republican, Democrat. It's not about black, white. It's not about poor, rich. It's about you and your family. Are you a 5P father? Do you want to be the prophet in your family? Do you want to be the pastor priest in your family? Are you the provider for your family? Are you the protector of your family? Are you the pursuer? Did you righteously pursue your wife? Do you pursue God's righteousness? Do you pursue the things that you say you want, but yet and still by voting Democrat, what you're really doing is you're saying, I hope the Democrat mafia takes it from white people, takes it from Republicans, takes it from rich people, and just gives it to me. Is that what you have in mind? Then if that's what you have in mind, you are not a 5P father. And you are not preparing. And, and trust me, folks, your children are not stupid. They're not. They're watching you. They are watching you like a hawk. And if you're going to be weak like that, if you're not going to be toting a set of spiritual onions, and if you are toting onions, you best believe they're baby pearls. They're not Vidalias, okay? Children are not stupid. You're setting a tone. You're setting a standard a standard of weakness, a standard of little old me, I need protection. I mean, if you were unfortunate enough to go to prison, you'd have to find a big muscle-bound, six-foot, eight-inch-tall bubba, and you'd have to walk around and hold his shirt tail because he'd be your protector. And in exchange for his protection, you'd have to, you know, kind of take care of bubba, all right? And so this is where these poverty pimp politicians are. This is where these pulpit pimp preachers are. These Negroes that just simply lead black people to the slaughter and have been doing so ever since FDR. Because prior to FDR, black people, they were not, you know, helpless little Negroes. They were bold. They were bad. They had a story to tell of overcoming obstacles, okay? Not constantly whining and need a safe space. Okay, so how do you get from your great great granddaddy was so bad that he could fight the Democrat Ku Klux Klan? He could fight Jim Crow. He could fight slavery and get to the place where you here now his great great grandchildren, they can't even take an insult. It's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And you can thank the, Repu the not Republican, you can thank the Democrat Party. And I have a message for, for my friends in the Hispanic community out there. If you like what the Democrat Party has done for black Americans when 150 years ago, the marriage rate for a black family was 88%. For a white family, it was 87%. 100 years ago. 
So a black child was more likely than a white child to have a mother and a father married living in the same household. Ditto for teen employment. A black teenager was more likely to have a job 100 years ago than a white teenager. And so today, you hear the, whenever you hear racial statistics, black folks dragging up the rear, okay? It's, it's going to be Asians are going to be first as far as family cohesion, educational attainment, and income. Then whites are going to be second, Hispanics are going to be third, and blacks are going to be last. And so my message to the Hispanic uh, friends that I have out there that may be listening to this program if you like the transformation that the Democrat Party has done on black Americas, just keep on hanging around Democrats. Because just as sure as the hatchet man is slinging a hatchetation behind this microphone, just as sure as the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, just as sure as God sits on high and judges, the Democrat Party will negrotize you. Keep on hanging around Democrats. The de- and I, look, that was not a slip of the tongue. I'm not going to back up off of it. You keep voting Democrat. You keep letting Democrats tell you that you need a safe space. Democrats will negrotize you. They will do for you exactly what they have done in Philadelphia, in Chicago, in Detroit, in Richmond, in Norfolk, in Petersburg. In, in Baltimore, in all these places where you have 60-year poverty and folks killing each other. Is that what you want? If that is what you want, then vote Democrat, okay? If that is what you want. But if you call yourself a Christian, you need to think like a Christian, act like a Christian, vote like a Christian, rear your family like a Christian, go get a job like a Christian. Word of God says, if a man shall not work, neither shall he eat. Okay? Last time I checked. And Republicans are not in favor, as Democrats tell that lie, we are not in favor of taking everyone off of welfare. But we are in favor of these phony people with these fake back injuries and playing crazy, getting a check while other people go to work. We're going to let that be the last word in this segment. We're going to go to our bottom of the hour news break. And when we come back, my buddy Russ Giacofi is going to tell you why Christians are really the people of science. To carry the heavy load. Man may be like the light to take us out of the dark. Should I give a little background about myself? Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on Virginia's Big Dog Radio program, The Really Real Deal. And, folks, I have a really real deal guest today. My friend Russ Jacafe is here, and I was telling you uh, earlier in the program, in the opening, actually, that we we were going to have Russ and how 
I was just so impressed with a Bible. Russ, Russ and I, we attend the same Bible study at uh, Fairmount Christian Church. The church is so huge, it's like four or 5,000 folks, and so you can't get to know that many people. So after church service, they have four services every Sunday. Folks break off into smaller groups where you have maybe 100, 150 folks. And so things are a little more manageable. And we have, we've just been blessed with some really, really fantastic uh, Bible study teachers. And and one day, uh, Russ filled in. And uh, well, let, let, let me just introduce Russ. <laughs> and uh, I just found it fascinating because, you know, I've been saying for years that this phony argument that the Democrats the, the, the uh, Muslim fundamentalists, the coalition of evil, the socialists, the communists, in which this part is led by the atheists, okay? Uh, they make the excuse that you should not be a Christian because to be a Christian is to be anti-science, okay? And um, anyway, Russ is, uh, you're actually a scientist, right, Russ? I would like to think that I am a scientist. Thank you so much for that. Um, I do have a, I consider myself to have a very analytical mind at times. Uh, spent yes. most of my career as a research scientist up uh, in uh, Rochester, New York, before I moved down here to Virginia. Yes. And uh, now I'm currently a chemistry teacher in a local high school. Okay. Which, which high school? Henrico High School. Oh. Go, they, go Warriors. They are some blessed children, I'm telling you, because just, I mean, this 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 Bible study that you did, you went into the Bible and showed uh, chapter and verse uh, things that have been known because holy men wrote it. And so it's been known, but so-called scientists who uh, call themselves uh, smarter than God because they're atheists, they're just discovering these, some of these things. That is absolutely correct. Um, so... What I did was I, be you know, honest up front, borrowed so much of my stuff from uh, folks that have uh, done a lot more research into this than I have. I've done a fair amount, but mm -hmm. um, I have to uh, give credit to uh, associations like the Institute for Creation Research, uh, Answers in Genesis, Ken Ham's organization, and uh, a Bible teacher uh, from khouse.org, Dr. Chuck Missler. So lots of folks, uh, there are a lot of very intelligent people that mm -hmm. believe the Bible is the inspired word of God and that believe that you can trust it for your salvation, for day-to-day -day living, for just about anything. And there are very smart people that do not believe that also. Mm -hmm. um, my, my journey got me here. Um, I considered myself a very religious person most of my life. and uh, But in the church I went to, through most of my childhood, the, the Bible was kind of put on a pedestal as something to be revered as very holy, but it was too holy for to, to be understood by the average person. So uh -huh. you needed to have a, a much smarter a priest tell you what it was really oh, talking okay. about. Look, they're kind of replaying what Martin Luther took care of exactly, yeah, exactly. 500 years ago. You are exactly right there, <laughs> Brother Craig, exactly right. Um, yeah, now I'm looking at here the, the, the workup you did, all the brilliant men that we study in high school and college, and these are all men of faith. They, yes, they are. Um, 
I don't know if we need to go go through them, but you know some of my some of my favorites, uh, Michael Faraday. Mm-hmm. Um, we also we we can uh, thank Isaac Newton for the science of light calculus, but uh, supposedly Isaac Newton did more writing theologically than he did scientifically. So, oh wow! So, and see, they don't tell us this in school. No, they you just don't. tell us that these people are smarter than God, and and just shut up and leave your Bible at home. Absolutely true. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Pasteur, I mean, Morse, Kelvin, I mean, and, and folks, these names, uh, Russ, I mean, Morse code, the Kelvin scale, Correct. A, a Faraday box, uh, um, I mean, pasteurization. I mean, the, there are things named after these men. Absolutely true. <laughs> and they were, and they believed the Bible was inspired by God and it was uh, profitable to be believed and to follow. Yeah, yeah. Now, one of the things I remember that struck me the most was that in, uh, well, all of it struck me, but I just remember in 1920, the so-called smart people, the, these atheists, uh, they were just discovering something that the Bible detailed exactly how it works. So I think what you're talking about is the theory of relativity um, coming up, in, or are you talking about something else? Well, that's one of the things relative. I was, I was actually thinking of the springs and um, jet uh, yes. streams under the ocean that in 1920, they had the capacity to go down and actually see for themselves. But the word of God said this thousands of years ago. Yeah. Uh, yes. So one of the. Yes, absolutely true. Uh, so you do have in Job. Uh, 3816, have you entered the springs of the sea or have you walked in search of its depths? And and again, uh, one of the things, dis- uh, several things discovered, one in the 1920s, uh, well, actually 1970s, about that there are actually underwater springs, mm-hmm. not till we had some uh, deep submersible equipment that mm-hmm. scientists could use to actually go down five, six miles mm-hmm. and see that there are actually springs there. But yet in Job written, uh, you know, probably about... Uh, 3000 BC or 20, 2500 BC, we mm-hmm. have um, we have that just sitting there. Wow. The, the Lord telling us it was there yeah. all, all along. So, folks, you got to get into your Bibles, okay? Don't be like the hatchet man. I, I, you know, was into my Bible as a young man, put it aside, and just in recent years have been picking it up and really getting into it. And uh, But there is so much... In it, and I stand corrected, Russ. I said uh, the 1920s, and you said it was the 1970s when the scientists figured this out. And, Correct. And Job is written 2500 uh, BC. Cor- correct. Right around there. Yes. Right. Wow. So that's 5500 years ago. 4500 uh, years ago. Something like that. Yes. Wow. Wow. Now the Precambrian explosion. Okay. <laughs> Uh, that goes to the main sticking point that the atheists have. Yes. So uh, if you want to talk about evolution, um, what, if, what you would see if you saw an evolutionary tree is a single trunk where we have some beginning organism that evolved and branched off into all the uh, major organisms, the thousands and thousands of organisms we have now. Uh, and what scientists have discovered is that there is no single branch that what they have to call the Precambrian explosion is that most forms of life just all started so you don't have one tree that branched off into everything you have many 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 trees all mm-hmm. uh, all starting at the same time and they call that the Precambrian explosion because 
in the, in that layer they call Precambrian, there are just thousands of different fossils. It wasn't all one organism that slowly evolved over billions and billions of years into all the organisms. As though they were created. As and though, the oh. lie they tell us in school, and they're telling your children this right now, uh, listeners, that it was a little uh, single-cell organism and it was a, a primordial soup like a swamp. And um, like if you leave something in the refrigerator too long, think of that. And and and, uh, and then they, it got bigger and bigger, and then one day it crawled up out of the ocean and uh, up on the land, and then it just kept evolving and evolving. I mean, that this is fascinating stuff, Russ. It is. It is fascinating stuff. And I also I, I did want to give a caution to all my Christian brothers and sisters about uh, you know using these arguments in debates. It's, it's kind mm -hmm. of fun to win a debate. We don't want to win a debate. It, and be, science is supporting more and more what the Bible has been saying all along. So what I like to say is, Bible's not a book of science, but mm -hmm. when it touches on areas of science, it is absolutely correct. Oh, okay. um, and it is always ahead of its time. What, mm -hmm. what the prevailing wisdom was at a particular point in time, the Bible just sitting there, verses sitting there quietly, just not because it's a book of science, but because when, it's, when it speaks, it speaks truth. Things, I think there are just so many scriptures in there, and the time we have on this radio program, we could do this all day if we had the time, we just, <laughs> and we just don't have the time for it. But the, um, I, I always go back to, uh, I think it was 2014, uh, a, a lot of you folks remember uh, the Bill Nye-Ken Ham debate. Mm -hmm. And I, I know at that time, uh, I was relatively new in, in the Richmond area and uh, didn't have a lot of friends yet. I was, you know, just reestablishing a life here, moving from Rochester, New York. I listened to the debate and the friends, and the friends I did make and some of my friends back up in Rochester were rather disappointed in that debate. They didn't think, they didn't think uh, Brother Ken did, a, did that great a job. And I, and I thought, no, he did, a, he did exactly what he was supposed to do because you're not, you know, you don't ever want to win a debate and lose a soul. Uh, we mm -hmm. want to win souls. And mm -hmm. the, uh, what he did was he kept using Scripture. He just kept quoting Scripture, Scripture, because Scripture is what, you know, Scripture is what mm -hmm. changed all our hearts and mm -hmm. minds, mm -hmm. and Scripture is what will do it. Uh, what's very nice and beneficial about this topic area is it is scripture and mm -hmm. you can bring you can bring people to to the scripture if they're coming close to you know i think christianity maybe but you know but science says this and you know we're mm -hmm. billions of years old we evolved and uh, how can i just square that with the bible and then you can bring them to passages that well, you know, here the Lord laid out thousands of years before we knew this, mm -hmm. like the theory of relativity. It wasn't until 1905, we mentioned that earlier, Albert mm -hmm. Einstein and his published theory of relativity. Uh, big thing there is that time is now a part of, uh, we recognize time as one of the dimensions of the physical dimension, mm -hmm. not known up until then. We all know about uh, length, width, and height, but that time is a fourth dimension. Mm -hmm. We also now know there's more than that, at least six more, and maybe even more than that, the mm -hmm. dimensions. Uh, some, one of our favorite hymns of all time, Amazing Grace. Mm -hmm. how, does that, how does that phrase go? How does that stanza go? When we've been there in heaven 10,000 years, bright mm -hmm. shining as the sun, um, in the 17, 1600s, what do we think, and even now, most people, what do we think about time and eternity, a place where we have lots of time? Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? We don't have lots of time. There is no time. Uh, why does God say, why does Jesus say, why does God say from the burning bush, who sh you know, when Moses asked, who are you? 
What did God say? I, I am. Mm-hmm. Not I was, not I will be. I am. He's mm-hmm. always in the present. There is no time. He is. Mm-hmm. And, and when we're in eternity, we will be like that. It mm-hmm. will be timeless. Not a lot of time. Just You will just be in a state of perpetual bliss, perpetual happiness, perpetual with Jesus. You will be. Mm-hmm. It'll be very cool. Now, we didn't know that. And so even some of our greatest, great, our greatest hymn, you know, still mm-hmm. thought of eternity as lots of time. Yeah. And, and now, you, was it true? Uh, I think I've heard this m- for many, many years that uh, Albert Einstein said the more he learned about science, the more he believed in God. I believe that that is absolutely correct about Albert Einstein. That is very true. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, but listen, we have to take a quick break here and uh, we will be right back, folks. And if you're just joining us, we have. Uh, my good friend Russ uh, Jacafe, uh, and Russ is a scientist and uh, a real scientist, not like a Bill Nye the science guy. Okay, a real scientist. Now, Russ, you don't have your white jacket on today, but I'll take your word for it. All right, we, we will be right back, folks. A man and his microphone, Brother Craig. Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this rendezvous with destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at SalvationArmyUSA.org. Military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at SOWWCharity.com. Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance at VAChristian.org and SaltAndLightCouncil.org. And there's also churches and others, many, many very worthy groups out here doing the Lord's work. So we support not only our own group, thefirstamendmentinc.com, which keeps us on the air, but the main thing for you, the listener, is to give. Give somewhere, give generously, and give often. And give in the measure that God has given to you. Thank you, Virginia, and God bless you. program Virginia your friendly neighborhood hatchet man brother Craig coming back at you live here on Virginia's big dog radio program as we listen to a little bit of Aretha Franklin the first lady of soul talking about freedom and uh, we have my good friend Russ Jacafe with us and uh, before we get back I have one real quick announcement uh, Brad Huddleston who uh, at the uh, is is one of my fellow advisors over at the Virginia Christian Alliance. Uh, 
Brad has a program coming up this Thursday that you may be interested in, and it's called Digital Cocaine, A Journey Towards Eye Balance. Digital Cocaine, A Journey Towards Eye Balance. And uh, and that's November 9th, which is this Thursday. And the program is at Bon Air Baptist Church, which is at 2531 Buford Road and uh, mark your calendars for that. And uh, with that announcement, and we'll give that announcement again prior to the end of today's program. And uh, we're going to welcome back my good friend uh, Russ, who's actually in studio here. And uh, you know, Russ, I am a wordsmith. Okay, or let let me correct that. I aspire to be a wordsmith. <laughs> Okay, no. I, I think you're doing a great job. <laughs> okay, okay. But, you know, words mean things. They do. Yeah, and uh, and so I like to be as precise as I can, and, uh, you know, and, and I pray that God always blesses me to be accurate in, in the things that I say. And, it, you know, we try to um, have fun and make it interesting, but it at, at the root of it, there has to be accuracy. And words have to mean what they mean. And if we can dig deep into, well, say in English, and, and we were just talking over the break about the Bible, uh, you have the Hebrew, you have the Greek, and then you have the English, which is translated into. And quite often, the word loses something in translation. And so you, uh, and right there in Genesis 1 1, you, you want to run with that. Uh, just, you know, in the beginning, God created is in English. Now, you take it from there. I'll take it from there. So in Genesis 1 1, right at the start, um, God plants, puts a little, uh, uses a word there that in Hebrew has a very, no, I'm, I'm by no means a Hebrew scholar myself. So again, mm-hmm. Bard, like you, I, I try to uh, dig into the meaning of words. Yes. And I, I'm, I'll be the first to say I'm no expert. Um, I do rely on other experts that have looked yeah, at this. as uh, do I. <laughs> yes. So uh, most of our translations we would read in English say, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The, uh, the original Hebrew word, if I say it, almost correctly, is bara. It means to create out of nothing. So there was a time where there was nothing, at least that, as we can conceive of the, the physical state of beings, you know, things that have mass, have volume. And again, uh, before the break, we mentioned time now uh, mm-hmm. is realized to be part of the physical dimension. So here again, there was a point, in, there was a point where there was no physical universe, there was no time. And... Uh, Again, right, right from the very first, God lets us uh, puts a little nugget in there that we didn't know that things were not always there. It was just assumed, and most people now would probably assume things have always been the way they are. Uh, things have always been there, but there was a point where there was not uh, anything there. Mm-hmm. God created out of nothing, just by divine fiat, by yeah. by and His word, by His infinitely powerful word. And cre- when when we create, we need something to start with. Absolutely, and yeah. uh, God just He didn't. Mm-hmm. He started with because He had the the power and the ability to do that. He started with nothing and created everything in the universe that we we see now, mm-hmm. which is another place we could launch off into, which we probably won't have time to. The fact that He did all the creating, and there's nothing, you know, everything that's been created is created now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, that gets into laws of thermodynamics, which we will probably not get into this radio program. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're going to make my head explode with all this, you know, uh, cosmos uh, in the Greek. Now, so, uh, so some other things that were just little nuggets the Holy Spirit put in there. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, a few passages of Scripture uh, cre- that are all translated the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, in John 17, 5, And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory with which I have had with you before the world was. So the... Uh, the we're, we have in English the words the world, and in the Greek it is the word cosmos, cosmos, mm-hmm. which does speak of the physical world. Mm-hmm. So, again, which is a whole lot more than the earth. Which is a whole lot more than the earth. <laughs> the cosmos. But <laughs> the cosmos, but everything that's physical. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what I love about Greek, uh, it, ver- it has very specific words for very specific things. Uh, in our Bible study, we talked about all the different words that we have that the Greek uses for the word love. That in mm-hmm. English we just translate love. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love my wife. Yeah. I love hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. 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 We don't have a different word, but you right. know, there. Uh, actually, I, I believe the Greek has uh, seven different words. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible uses, I think, uh, four of those: mm-hmm. uh, eros, phileo, storge, and agape. Mm-hmm. So, oh, so but for this. Uh, phrase that is translated in the Bible a few different t- places as the world, mm-hmm. there are different Greek words that have different meanings. We, mm-hmm. You'll see in the English Bible the word the world. Mm-hmm. So in John 17, 5, that word is cosmos, and it means the physical world. And now 2 Timothy. So in 2 Timothy, we have, uh, if I can quote that quickly, who have saved us and called us with, an, with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given in, in, a, in Christ Jesus before, and here's that phrase again, the world began. Now, uh, the Greek word in this case is the word chronos, and uh, most of us will recognize, you know, chronogram, uh, chronos means time. So mm-hmm. right here, uh, what the English translates as is the world, the original Greek spoke mm-hmm. of time before there was time. So once again, right. Um, uh, the Apostle Paul, in about A.D. 55 or so, or, you know, around that time frame, was telling us long before Albert Einstein, there was a time when there was no time, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, um, and it's just, it's amazing when you really uh, dig deep. <laughs> you know, it's, it's amazing the things uh, that you find, you know. And now, um well, we have we're three minutes to the top of the uh, news hour. So, what are we going to do with these last three minutes, Russ? Is we're just going to let you run uh, and, and and get your final thoughts out and, and wrap this up in a nice bow uh, for our listening audience. So, what I would so again, what I'd like to stress is, I mean, I love science and I love and I love the Bible, and I love the Bible more and more as I read it more and more, and I, and I give all the credit to the, to the Lord, our Lord Jesus, and the Holy Spirit for just putting that in me, and the privilege of taking me from a place where, you know, I, I always loved science. Right mm-hmm. from an early age, I was the one that always, oh yeah, he's, he loves science, he's gonna probably do something with science, and I actually ended up doing that to a, <laughs> a you know, and to a point where I, I didn't believe, you know, I believed in evolution, I believed in all the things only because I was taught that, mm-hmm. and by people that I respected, mm-hmm. and 
And now, Russ, are we, we're not saying that there is no such thing as evolution as far as in the short term. No, there's a difference between microevolution and the macroevolution. Right. Obviously, within, you know, within uh, uh, the evolutionary scheme of things, mm -hmm. like even now, uh, um, we have a lot of different breeds of dogs, which right. even, even, uh, even Christians and atheists will agree all started from some pre-ancestral, you know, wolf-like. Wolf. Yeah. Yes. Or corn was a big, tall grass and... Yes, you know, we kind of helped the corn along so we could eat it. But where we part company with, yes, that is true. Yeah, where we part company with our friends that believe in evolution, macroevolution is we don't believe that things uh, evolved have actually changed. That species, different species, evolved mm -hmm. from uh, a single yeah. a single ancestor. Yeah, yeah. And uh, final thirty seconds, final thought, Russ. Final thought is it's it's really the scripture that will save souls and, and win hearts and it's not the arguments per se. The, this is okay. these are just tools mm -hmm. that we can use in that arsenal that the Lord has given us. Where is the best news and talk? AM eight twenty WNTW Chester is the answer. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly, friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on Virginia's big dog radio program, The Really Real Deal. And we want to thank you for staying with us here in our second hour of today's program. And I'm telling you, that was a great first hour. Our guest, uh, Russ Jacafe. I mean, I just, I love it, folks. We, we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Capitalistic Coalition, uh, we get called everything but a child of God sometimes. And one of the worst things is to say we are not the people of science. And so I just want to thank my friend Russ again for going through that uh, scientific Bible lesson. And, uh, and I know all of my uh, Bible buddies are going to really, really uh, uh, have a lot to say about that. And uh, But now we have uh, a guest with us who is on the line, uh, Tara Ross. And uh, Tara has written a great book, The Indispensable Electoral College, How the Founders Plan to Save Our Country from mob rule and uh, Tara would fit into uh, another aspect of what I call the five C's and uh, that's the uh, conservative and the uh, constitutional aspect. And so uh, Tara, thank you so much for joining us and sharing uh, with our audience. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I, I, and I'm glad to have you. And you've you've been, uh, I have your bio up here, and I'm telling you, you have just simply been all over the place. And uh, you, I mean, in your video, uh, Dennis Prager comes on this same station. Uh, we're, we're both a part of the Salem uh, Network, and your, uh, your video, he has these Prager University videos, little five-minute videos, and yours is the number one of all times. Like, I mean, 100,000, some crazy number of people. I, it's just, it's fantastic. I, I had no idea. Now, I find this stuff interesting, but, you know, I'm a really weird, geeky kind of guy, okay? But I had no idea 
that there was so much interest in this? Well, you know, it's funny because when the election happened last year, that that Prager video was about a year and a half old, I think, at the time. And all of a sudden, I opened my Facebook feed, and I start seeing my face over and over, like scrolling through <laughs> from people sharing it. It was crazy. It yeah. has like 50 million views. It's it's a little bit nuts. But um, I think people were just curious to know, like, you, you know, given what happened and how the election turned right. out, I think people just wanted to understand, oh, my gosh, what's this thing that operates in the background, and how can I understand it? And I was so glad that Prager mm-hmm. University just had that ready to go yeah. um, to help. And, you know, the founding, the the, the, the the longer American history goes, the more brilliant our founding fathers appear. And I talk all the time, Tara, about the uh, the cycles of, of history. And I think the founding fathers, from their study of history, knew about these cycles that you would uh, have a, a four-generational repeating cycle, a springtime America, a summertime America, an autumn an autumnal America and a wintertime America where things get ugly. And, you know, the nation was born in such an ugly season when we had to be birthed from Britain and Americans were fighting each other, uh, not just fighting England, but fighting each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, four generations, exactly four generations later, 86 years later, with brother fighting brother again in the Civil War. Four generations later, World War II, and again, it's the idea of is freedom going to be expanded or is freedom going to contract? And right now, we are exactly four generations later, and so we're in that ugly season again. But what the founding fathers created survives. Yeah. I like the way you said that. I hadn't really thought about it being four generations apart. I, But I, but I, I sometimes say, you know, this is like a pendulum. To me, it's like a pendulum that kind of goes back and forth and and there's a lot of people calling for the elimination of the Electoral College right now just because they're so upset at how things are right now. And I'm mm-hmm. not denying it, it. Look, it's ugly right now in many ways. We're at each other's throats and all this stuff is going on. But the Electoral College historically has been one of the institutions that has brought us back into line. And the mm-hmm. reason it does that is because you can't win a presidential election without reaching out to people who are who are not like you who or maybe you share some similarities but you know you disagree on a whole bunch of other things too mm-hmm. you know historically over and over again this has happened in our history and historically over and over again the electoral college has reminded us that we have to work with our neighbors um, and focus on our similarities and what brings us together as Americans yeah. and the people who have done the very best job of this have won in landslides. You know, think Reagan, FDR, mm-hmm. uh, some of these people. Uh, and it's because they understood. It, they built coalitions. They did all of the sort of stuff that unifies us. Now, mm-hmm. I, I agree we're in a bad patch. But but also, getting rid of the Electoral College at this moment in time would be the absolute worst thing we could possibly do. Right, right. And see, the, the, the it seems to me that the whole idea is as – a conservative and that I I believe that the founding fathers were conservatives for the simple idea that they wanted to conserve the idea that our liberty is a gift from God and not Mm -hmm. a gift from themselves. They, because in the, in the uh, declaration of independence, they do say that the purpose of government is not to create rights or to grant rights, but to protect and defend rights that are given to us by our creator. Absolutely. Doesn't that make America unique where around the world you have kings, you have um, 
I mean, even you, you have fake republics like in Russia where they pretend to have elections or in China where they pretend to have elections or mm-hmm. Venezuela where they <laughs> pretend to have right. elections. Now, if we get rid of the Electoral College, is it likely that just say if I don't think we will. But if we ever get rid of it, would it be likely that we could slide towards being like these countries? You know, I think it's more of a real danger than people realize. Um, so think of it this way. If you get rid of the Electoral College, so right now we have a very decentralized system, meaning each state is in charge of its own presidential election. We have 51 presidential elections every year. I'm counting D.C., so that's why it's 51. Mm-hmm. We have 51 presidential elections. It's a very – the power is dispersed over, over our country. So it makes it hard to steal elections. It makes it hard to rig elections. Mm-hmm. And even if you do, you're probably just affecting one state. You, you, it's or one party, them. the way Hillary right. uh, stole it from Bernie. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> but that was the primaries. I can't help what happens in the primaries. Yeah. <laughs> about the Electoral College. But, but if we get rid of the Electoral College, then we are centralizing everything. All of a sudden, we're going to create, what, a new Department of Elections to, mm-hmm. to, to make this all happen? It's going to be run by a presidential appointee. Right. So, so you have a presidential appointee that is running the election that maybe his boss is running in. Just or like in China. Or his protege is running in. Exactly. So I... You know, there, there's also been a lot of upset right now about stolen elections. And look, I'm, obviously that's terrible. But also, this is something that protects us. It makes it harder for people to steal elections. Mm. There will always be dishonesty. There, that stuff will always exist. You can't eradicate it. But you can make it as difficult as possible for evil to succeed. Yeah, yeah. And if you're just joining us, folks, we have Tara Ross, and I highly recommend this book. And, and look, please get it for your college-age children because – they are going out into these communist uh, universities and they are being literally being taught that we need to uh, get rid of uh, not only the Electoral College, but to get rid of anything that would help save this nation and uh, keep the, uh, the, the central idea of America that we are a place where our freedom is a gift from God, not that our freedom is whatever the people in power say that our freedom is. And, uh, and the book is... We must save the 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 indispensable electoral college. Okay, and uh, now, real quick primer, and many in my audience will know this, but we always have new people coming on board. The difference between a republic and a democracy, and mm-hmm. if and if you can, uh, well, actually, do do you have a few minutes to? maybe go a little further. I, I want to kind of go into this a little deep and we're up against a break. Sure, I can do that. Okay, good, good. I really appreciate it. Well, we're going to take a quick break, folks, and when we come back, we will finish up with the indispensable Electoral College, our guest, Tara Ross. A man and his microphone, Brother Craig. Listen as your day unfolds, challenge what the future holds, try and keep your head up to the sky. Lovers, they may cause you tears, go ahead, release your fears, stand up and be counted, don't be ashamed to cry. You gotta be, you gotta be bad, you gotta be bold, you gotta be wiser. Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. 
If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this rendezvous with destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at SalvationArmyUSA.org. Military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at SOWWCharity.com. Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance at VAChristian.org and SaltAndLightCouncil.org. And there's also churches and others, many, many very worthy groups out here doing the Lord's work. So we support not only our own group, TheFirstAmendmentInc.com, which keeps us on the air. But the main thing for you, the listener, is to give. Give somewhere, give generously, and give often. And give in the measure that God has given to you. Thank you, Virginia, and God bless you. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on Virginia's big dog radio program, The Really Real Deal. And uh, we have a fantastic guest with us. If you're just joining us, our guest is Tara Ross. And uh, Tara has written uh, a book, The Indispensable Electoral College. And uh, Tara has also written in the past uh, what she was co-author of, Under God, George Washington and the question of church and state. And of course you could, uh, TaraRoss.com, uh, you just have all kinds of stuff there. And I, I encourage you to go there and sign up for Tara's newsletter. And, uh, and Tara, thank you so much for staying over with us. Oh, sure. No, I'm happy to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, the, the question I was getting to, um, about, a republic versus a democracy, and and this, and I want to make it somewhat political. And so, and I don't mean to put you on the spot. I don't know if you're a Republican or Democrat, and uh, I could guess, but I won't. <laughs> but but um, you know, the Republican Party is has the root word republic. The Democrat Party has the the root, you know, democracy. Uh, 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 and and so they play that they are the democracy, that they are for the common man, and uh, they are the party that is more likely to want to get rid of the Electoral College, okay? And I'm not just being partisan here. This is actually, this is an actual fact. Uh, and am I, am I correct on that? I think by and large, Democrats are much more likely, and, and certainly the party has worked against it in many ways, but... Yes. Um, and more Republicans are more likely to want to preserve it. Right, right. And Republicans seem to, and again, when you Republicans, uh, not that all Republicans are conservative, but a, a conservative is, you know, 99% likely to vote Republican or, or 95%, or, you know, maybe some, you know, uh, off-brand party perhaps. But when you're dealing with the two parties, uh, Republican and Democrat, conservatives are more likely to vote Republican. And so let's uh, get down to the, you know, because I'm big on words and the meaning of words and, and, and digging down so people can really, really understand 
uh, and get out of this emotional thinking or this need-based thinking of that, well, you know, the Democrats, they butter my bread because I'm poor and they're going to give me an EBT card. Or, you know, the Republicans, they, you know, pick your favorite thing and they're going to do this. But this is really, really goes to the heart of what type of nation we are and more importantly, what type of nation we will become because we all have children and grandchildren for whom we have to protect these institutions, correct? Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. So give the audience a primer on um, a republic, a democracy, republicanism, uh, and, and what it all means, and for a conservative, exactly what is it politically that we want to conserve? Are we just people who have cement in our brains, or are we trying to conserve certain ideas? Well, a democracy is much more likely, it, it emphasizes, you know, one person, one vote, we all cast our ballot, whoever gets the most wins, you know, if 51% has this completely ridiculous idea in mind, but they out, outvote the 49%, 51% wins, you know, that's just what it is, and it's kind of straightforward. Um, I, I maybe some of your listeners have heard the analogy that a pure democracy is two wolves and a sheep voting on what's for dinner. <laughs> so <laughs> that's democracy for you. You know, yes. win, win or take all. That's a good and, one. Yeah, and um, a republic is much more likely to um, acknowledge the need for deliberation and compromise and working together. And maybe there's some circumstances in which you you elect people based on their wisdom and their virtue and like hoping that they will work together with like-minded, wise, and virtuous. It sounds ridiculous to say this, doesn't it? But, but with like-minded, wise, and virtuous representatives. Well, actually, Tara, with good, good solutions. It, it actually doesn't sound ridiculous, but this, this is the bone of contention I have with Republicans, that I agree with you that Republicans have that deliberation and that, you know, uh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington uh, idealism. But when, like I said, every four generations, we get into this ugly season. So uh, and it comes like clockwork. And four generations from now, our great great grandchildren will be at it again. You can you mm -hmm. can you can you can make book on it. So how do we convince um, these Boy Scoutish Republicans uh, to toughen up and that you're not going to lose your soul just because you're being tough? You're trying to preserve because, as you accurately point out, it's the Democrats that are more likely trying to do things to hijack it, our electoral systems. It's not the Republicans. Well, I, I always go back to just education is the best thing. I mean, the more educated voters are, the more likely they are to know which representatives just need to be voted out, right, and that's, and replaced with new, new people. And I think the founders would have... Um, they knew and understood you might elect somebody thinking they're going to be wise and virtuous and all this stuff, but power corrupts and things happen and you can't, tr you ultimately can't trust anybody. Mm, <laughs> they, they, yes. thought you, you can't, they didn't even trust themselves, mm -hmm. you know, for what it was worth. Um, when, and they knew that you needed to have safeguards on power. And so ultimately our constitution, you know, hopes for some of these ideals, I think in many ways, but also anticipates that there will be failures and it will, there will be failures because humans are imperfect. And so we, we combine the best elements of, we, we do have elements of just pure democracy in our Constitution. Mm -hmm. You know, there are, 
we we have a house that is represented on one person one vote representation as mm -hmm. it works out our electoral college the first phase of the election is purely democratic within the states mm -hmm. um you know that's how it works but we combine it with other elements of republicanism or federalism state by state action and these things all work together to protect our freedom um you know i think the founders just lived at a really unique moment you kind of alluded to this earlier lived at a really unique moment in time they didn't have partisan um, a, a partisan bias when they were discussing this. There was no Republican Party, no Democratic Party. The, the only bias they really had was in favor of their home state. And mm -hmm. as that worked out, it turned into a large versus small state discussion, mm -hmm. which I think was really healthy for our country. And, 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 but they were students of history. They knew political philosophy. They yes. understood the differences between a republic and a democracy. They worked hard to incorporate the best aspects of both and then to put checks and balances on the holding, <laughs> because yeah. probably we'd all fail anyway. And it survived. <laughs> we, and it survived. And yes. I think it survived because, because of everything I just said about how they were working so hard to create something that would withstand these kinds of, um, these kinds of problems. Yeah, yeah. Well, very, very well said. <laughs> and uh, I just want to thank you again. And, uh, and listen, tell folks, I mentioned TaraRoss.com. Is that the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Sure. If you well, if you go there, you'll. I have daily history moments, um, just little blurbs in the morning about today. It was about Mary and Abraham Lincoln getting married. Um, so you can find more about my books there as well, and um, you know, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. So. Yeah. You, now um, you want to give a. Then uh, we've already plugged this book, the indispensable electoral college. But the uh, the other book that you co-authored, uh, George Washington and the Question of Church and State, uh -huh. we, we have about two minutes left in this segment. You want to throw a little something out there for that? Because that's a big one. Yeah, he, d he had so much more to say about this issue than you would ever imagine because the focus is so much on Thomas Jefferson. But it turned out he struggled with this issue throughout his life, you know. Do you draft Quakers who have a religious objection to fighting? What, what do you do with the chaplains in your army? You know, when the nation was getting started and you were trying to decide what to fund or not to fund, or you know, all these, it, it just came into play a lot more. And he wrote about it, and he talked about it. And he, and he was actually a very practical kind of guy. And he thought, if you want to have a, a successful, self-governing nation, then you need a moral and virtuous people. And if you mm -hmm. want morality and virtue, then you should support religion. Now, he tried not to be non-denominational in mm -hmm. his approach, he was more monotheistic than not and more Judeo-Christian than not, but he, mm -hmm. he, you could see him deliberately working also to to include a lot of people in this nation, you know. Wow. So it, he was a great guy. He, he had so much to say on this that nobody has any idea. Yeah. <laughs> You know, <laughs> and we hope to fix that when we wrote this book. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully we'll kind of revive your, the sales. I know that book came out in 2008, but still yeah. very, I mean, and that's uh, something that's close to my heart because I'm founder and president of the First Amendment, Inc., and, it, you know, that's one of my big issues. So It was fun. Yeah. And it was really fun to dig into. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much, and uh, and God bless you, and, and we, we pray that the, that the Lord continues to bless everything uh, that you do. And, uh, you know, the next book you write, we hope you come back and visit with us. I really do appreciate that. All right. Take care. Thanks. Uh -huh. All right. Bye now. Well, all right, folks, we're going to take our bottom of the hour news break. And when we come back, we will have your phone calls, 804-454-1366, 
the world, but I don't have any plans. Wish that I could stay forever this young, not afraid to close my eyes. Life's a game made for everyone, and love is the prize. So wake me up when it's all over. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on Virginia's Big Dog Radio Program. And I know uh, folks might feel like that song right there, Wake Me Up When It's Over. <laughs> but uh, folks, it's only once a year, election season. And uh, But look, we've had a great, great program today of dealing with things other than election. We had my friend Russ on and wasn't that fantastic and uh and of course tara ross and you know that that was uh not really uh specific to this election but just about uh, our constitution in general and uh and of course if you'd like to call in and comment the number is 804-454-1366 804-454-1366 and uh fi- our final 30 minutes of today's program a lot to talk about and uh we would like to uh, sort of focus for the remainder of today's program on the uh, upcoming upcoming election. And, uh, you know, again, you all know where I stand as far as uh, the five C's, uh, Christian, conservative, constitutional, capitalistic coalition. And as, as I always say, we are literally at war uh, and really, and we're at war with them because they started this. They're at war with us. And that is the coalition of evil, which includes the Democrat Party. And uh, we, uh, well, we're going to uh, take a break here and say hi to Smitty uh, from Chesterfield, who wants to talk about the election. Smitty, are you there? I'm there, Mr. Gregg. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, now, would would you agree with my assessment that we have the uh, the Christian conservative constitutional capitalistic coalition against the coalition of evil? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. About, about ten years ago, I heard the initials WWJD. What would Jesus do if he was in your shoes? And today, it makes it real easy for me to vote because if you're going to be a person that's going to agree with abortion, and I call it killing babies in the womb, I can't yeah. vote for that person. Yeah, aborticide. Jesus would not vote for that person. Exactly. Aborticide. And, you know, they call it abortion, Smitty. And see, abortion is um, something that occurs naturally when there's something not quite right. With, naturally. With, I like that. I never heard that before. Uh, no, actually, that. when when a woman miscarries, that's an abortion. Right. Not, oh, I'm a, see, that. I'm a wordsmith. I'm a wordsmith. And words like mean that. things. Yeah. But when you, in, when you intentionally... When you have a healthy baby and it's just the baby is inconvenient, that's aborticide. That's just like homicide, suicide, deicide. That's aborticide. That's right. And now uh, Ralph... Ralph like is nat- running. No, wait, wait a minute. Not naturally, his natural hands are going in there, they're stuff and ripping them body parts and those arms and legs out of there. So maybe it is natural. These naturally. No, hands no. Are- what I'm saying is, <laughs> I'm the, the, Okay, the the proper word is aborticide. Uh, you know, I'm on one one yeah. of the missions I'm on is to have 
people use proper terminology yeah, for things. I never knew that. That was yeah. natural. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but you know, when a woman miscarries, uh, that's. I mean, if you look at the medical yeah. record, that would be a uh, a spon. That's what they call a spontaneous abortion. Yes, now I've heard of that in the old days. That's what that was referred to. Yes, right. I want right. I want to mention something real quick. I talked to you last week. I didn't give you. I, I gave my legal first name. I go by Smitty. But anyhow, I I, I tuned in again at seven thirty to eight thirty on Wednesday on Channel Thirty Six Verizon, and you weren't on there again. You said you're going oh, into okay. that. Did you Did you find out what's going on? Why mm-hmm. Verizon not having you on TV? Well, what I did was I talked to the uh, Comcast studio. Uh, the the program is produced at Comcast, and Verizon has a feed that comes from the Comcast studio. And so the manager at Comcast showed me the feed and that they were doing their part sending it out. And then he said that he was going to contact the manager over at Verizon to see what Verizon is doing on their end. And on on Verizon's end, uh, they're not doing something. And so... Uh, oh, well, I but I have two more. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Two more, more weeks, yeah. Yeah, right, two then, more weeks I'm hoping to get it together. Yeah, two more. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to upload. I do record the programs. We've not rec- uploaded them all to YouTube yet. But. Okay. Um, and then last week, my um, my Facebook feed wouldn't work. <laughs> so, yeah. okay. we, I mean, we were just having all, all right. kinds of well, problems. Maybe I'll catch it. Hey, the main reason I'm calling you, last week I called in and talked to you about Vogel not coming into your to, to coming on your show. Right. And I talked to you about that I got a hold of someone down in the Richmond Senate office. Mm-hmm. And he, he had all these excuses, you know, oh, yeah, you're not big enough and maybe you don't know what you're oh, doing. Well, no. I got a hold of another person now. Marcia Simmons, Simmons is, uh, is uh, Jill Vogel's go-to lady or something. Uh-huh. So I showed her my disgust what's going on here. And I said that Mr. Craig, uh, Brother Craig said that he didn't support her in the primary. My guess is she's holding a grudge. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't think she would. I don't think she would. And I said, he said he's going to you know, vote for who wins now, and he ain't got a problem no more. And so she said her, her excuse was, well, maybe Jill don't have time to go to his studio. I said, no, no, ma'am. I they think can he call has people called in. in from the car. Yeah. I hear wind. They're probably the beach. She, uh, Ten minutes <laughs> on a Saturday morning. So all these speculations and excuses. I said, I want to know from her. Yeah. I want to know before Tuesday why. And I called her on Tuesday. I, I had been on Saturday, mm-hmm. I call on Tuesday, and I said, I want to know before I go to vote, what is Jill's problem, that she's acting like the typical... But still Jill vote for her now. Yeah, but see, this is how they get down, Smitty. Now, I don't act the way they act, and I try to I encourage conservatives not to treat uh, Ed Gillespie, Jill Vogel, and John Adams. Please do not treat them the way some of the grand old Republicans treated Ken Cuccinelli, E.W. Jackson... Uh, right. Of course, they voted for, um, uh, you know, their guy, uh, Obenshane, but they yep. did not support E.W. Jackson. They did not support Ken Cuccinelli. Right. And, of course, all three oh. of them lost. And nah, but we can't act. We can't um, see. We can't no, do the tit for tat no, thing. We no, have no, to be bigger. I told you last week, I'm going to tell you again. I just want you to know that never did back, get back with me again. She said she for sure would, never did. Yeah. But no, I'm going to hold my nose. Like I told you. <laughs> All I'm right. smart enough to know that i got to hold my nose and go vote for a never Trump or his Gillespie. There and you she go. won't come on your show. I'm going to go vote for all three of those Republicans because it's better than the alternative. Thank you. These Democrats are going to vote for killing babies in the moon. Thank better. you. And I, so, I really appreciate that because with the, uh, with the Northam people being real slow to take down that racist ad, uh, and the, really the only reason they took the ad down was because the ad was displaying 
a a a uh, a white Republican with a Confederate flag, an Ed Gillespie bumper sticker, and they figure, okay, yeah, this is I what they think that. of Trump people uh, and and Christians and conservatives trying to drive over children yeah. with a pickup truck, I heard and that. a Muslim actually drove a truck and killed people. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Also, the last ad I seen, he said, Gillespie's attacking me and, and saying I'm again sexual predator and stuff. I would never hurt a child. I'm oh, a pediatrician. And I thought, well, wait a minute. He's a, well, a, he will aborticide a, a child. Yeah, I'm thinking, oh, I wouldn't hurt a child. I thought, what about the ones that are you know, got little fingers and hands and sucking? Now, you got the ultrasounds today, doctor. You can see you got live bodies there. Why aren't you concerned about You can about hear the children? heartbeat. Yeah, what a, what, a, what a hypocrite. Oh, man. Children. And, you know, hey, and it's worse than that. They're liars from the pit uh, of hell. You know, not the periphery, the pit. Lastly, I got some good news for you in the political front. Uh, you said last week the only person that ever took an ad out was um, 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 Dave uh, Brad. Brad. And you said, oh, wait a minute, Romney did too, but they never paid me. I got good news for you. If you haven't heard, the word in the street is that Warren Hatch out in Utah is going to retire. And if he does, Mitch, Mitch uh, Romney is going to go ahead and run out there. Oh, so okay. Their, their campaign people are going to be back in business. So if that happens, you can get a hold of your people and get a hold of someone in Utah and say, hey, did you forget about Virginia? You didn't pay your bills. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I'm going to do it because it wasn't a whole lot of money, but I want it. <laughs> That committee is going to be getting back together there for, for Romney, probably. So yeah. you got a chance to get your money. Oh. Well, sir, thank you for taking my call, and thank you have you. a great blessed day. All oh. right. You too. God bless you now. <laughs> That's funny. Anyway, 804-454-1366 is the number. 804-454-1366. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, that would that would really not look good for a multimillionaire uh, mitt. <laughs> uh, didn't pay his bill. <laughs> but uh, anyway, back to this election, folks. Um, we had, we have, uh, again, uh, vote like a Christian, vote like a 5P uh, father. And I know I'm speaking to, when I say like a father, I'm, I'm speaking to the men. But, um, you know, this, this would apply to our mothers as well. And uh, but in in the family, it it does fall to the father to to be these things, and 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 the the wife or mother uh, does them in the absence, in which is uh, all too often there is an absence, uh, the absence of a man. Even either the man is actually not there, or he's just uh, there in in body, but he's not there in in mind and spirit, and it's just it's just so unfortunate. And uh, you know, and I pray for people like that that uh, that the light of the Lord would uh, somehow enter uh, into their hearts. And uh, and again, that's one of the reasons why uh, this radio ministry is done. And uh, as many of you know, we uh, we try uh, as best we can to have. Uh, good practical uh, Christian content, and uh, and by practical, and I'm not you know putting down so much uh, the, uh, the, the 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 pastors out here that, uh, and maybe sometimes I do a little bit, but uh, it's really to uh, get them to preach the whole counsel of God, and not just the part that you do in your prayer closet. Okay. Um, God doesn't want us just in our prayer closet, okay? That's fine, and that has its place. Uh, But we are 
given a great commission, and that great commission is to take the gospel everywhere, okay? And, uh, and it's fine to be in your closet and send a prayer. That's fine, and I, you know, I'm, I'm not attacking that, okay? But what I am saying is that it's okay to take your Christian faith into the voting booth with you. It's okay to take your Christian faith uh, in, into all other aspects of your life. Okay, and uh, I mean, even even Maximus the Hatchet Hound, who's right here at my feet. Okay, when Mrs. Hatchet and I uh, have our prayer time, Maximus has enough sense to know he needs to come on over too. (laughs) And I mean, the dog has more sense than some people. I mean, this is very, very basic stuff, folks. This is very, very basic. Okay, and you cannot be. I mean. To be the prophet for your family, you have to be able to see into the future and you can just, you know, you get into God's word and it, and it just, the, the Holy Spirit will give you the ability to see the future, okay? How do you think I'm able to predict all the things that I'm able to predict, okay? It's certainly not on my own strength. You can, that I'm, I'm, I'm sure, okay, of that I'm sure. But I am able to do these things and so, and I thank God for that. But being the, the pastor or priest of your household, the provider, the protector, the pursuer, you, you cannot do these things and have your children see you supporting uh, people like uh, Northam, who he runs this ad, okay? He, um, well, look, let's do this. Let's, we, we're up against a break. Let's, let's run our ads and then we're going to come back and we're going to finish the program up. And I'm just going to get into, uh, and I hope you stay with us because this is really, really some really, really important stuff. We will be right back. A man and his microphone, Brother Craig. This is a man's word. This is a man's word. But it wouldn't be nothing, nothing without a woman or a girl. You see, man made the cars to take us over the road. Man made the train. Carry the heavy load. Man made the electrolyte to take us out of the dark. Man made the boat for the water like Noah made the ark. This is a man's, man's, man's world. Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this rendezvous with destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at SalvationArmyUSA.org. 
Military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at SOWWCharity.com. Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance at VAChristian.org and SaltAndLightCouncil.org. And there's also churches and others, many, many very worthy groups out here doing the Lord's work. So we support not only our own group, TheFirstAmendmentInc.com, which keeps us on the air, but the main thing for you, the listener, is to give. Give somewhere, give generously, and give often. And give in the measure that God has given to you. Thank you, Virginia, and God bless you. Man, Brother Craig coming back at you live here on Virginia's Big Dog Radio Program, The Really Real Deal. And we want to thank all the fine folks out there that are staying with us. Uh, our final, uh, what, nine minutes of today's program, we're going to just wrap it on up here. Uh, what, before I get back into my commentary, I would like to share with you that next weekend, Veterans Day weekend, uh, November 10th, uh, there's a fantastic movie playing uh, no greater love, and uh, but it's uh, it's not playing in the Richmond area, folks. And uh, so I'm going to encourage you to call your local um, uh, movie houses and get someone to to play this movie. It's an award winning uh, documentary, and and what it does is it it invites the audience to experience war and the aftermath of war from the perspective of a soldier. Okay. And so it's um, it's it it's 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 very unfortunate, but uh, close to twenty percent. Uh, we're actually ten to eighteen percent. That that's close to twenty. Uh, veterans uh, suffer uh, post traumatic stress syndrome. Okay, uh, there are twenty veterans per day that are committing suicide. And so uh, to honor our veterans, uh, which is coming up next weekend, I just, again, I highly encourage it. Now, the movie is playing in uh, five uh, Virginia theaters, uh, but this would be in Virginia Beach, in Woodbridge, in Norfolk, in Fredericksburg, and in Alexandria. But it's not playing in Richmond, okay? Uh, And again, you can Google it. The name of the movie is No Greater Love. Now, also on, um, I think it's the ninth, the Mully movie is coming back for limited release. And I've talked about this several times, but just Google Mully movie. And Mully is the, is the story of a man uh, in, in Kenya, born in Kenya, abandoned by his family, was invited to church, heard the living word of God, and the man's life was never the same. Okay, and that's all I'm going to say. Okay, well, I'll give you a little, I don't want to give you the whole story, but basically 
Uh, the guy walked to Mombasa, walked now. He walked, and he had no shoes. Uh, got there, uh, got a job, uh, became a fabulously wealthy, multi-multi-millionaire, sold all of his assets, and started an orphanage. Really, really great movie. Uh, and it was uh, Mrs. Hatchett and I saw it a few weeks ago. It played for one day only. It's back in limited release uh and, and you have to Google it to find out when and where it's playing. That's the two movies you need to check out, The Mully Movie uh, and No Greater Love. Uh, check them out. Now, for uh, final six minutes in the program, again, uh, the election, uh, I think, you know, this thing is uh, it's possible that Republicans can, can sweep this thing, and I think it's going to go the direction – uh, of uh, the top of the ticket. And what's happening is that at the top of the ticket, Ed Gillespie, uh, who had been uh, three and a half points back, when the Democrats ran this uh, racist ad, uh, uh, you know, a lot of folks were saying, and we even have uh, some folks in our listening audience who have called up and, and have said that they're absolutely not going to vote for Ed Gillespie because of X, Y, Z, you fill in the blank. Okay, but see, I I don't get down like that, folks. Uh, After the primary is over, I fight very, very hard in primaries. Okay, but when the primary is over, I'm going to go with the decision that all my fellow Republicans made. Okay, and I don't care what kind of Republican you are. You can be a low fat Republican. You can be a no fat Republican. You can be a zero gram Republican. You can be a Republican in name only, Rhino. I don't care. If you're a Republican, you know, we need to stick together. Okay. And so, and I know I talk about uh, low fat Republicans and all that. And after the election is over, guess what? I'm going to be talking about you again. But on Tuesday, on election day, I'm with you. I'm going to show up. I'm going to vote. I'm going to pull the lever. I fought the man hard during the election, the primary election, but he won. Okay. He won. I didn't like the way he won, but he won. Okay. Same thing with President Trump. I was a Cruz guy. I didn't like the way President Trump won, but President Trump won. And when he won, I supported him. Okay. And so this is just what we have to do as mature individuals and come next election, I'll get involved again. And again, I'll get involved early at the primary level and I'll fight hard for the candidate of my choice. If, if my guy wins, then, then fine. And my prayer is that we have more Republicans who are mature like that and don't act the way uh, the establishment Republicans acted four years ago when they uh, sabotaged Ken Cuccinelli and E.W. Jackson. We, and, and for the most part, I think in my listening audience, the Republicans are also Christians. And so we just, we can't, we can't act like those people act, okay? We have to show up. This, uh, and, and, and the polls have really tightened up because people are sick and tired of being called racist, okay? They're tired of it. These are not racist. And so you, you, you have Ralph Northam showing, not him, but a, a Hispanic group showing an ad, and, and Northam would not denounce the ad. Uh, showing a a uh, a white Republican in a pickup truck trying to drive over little children, and while the ad is on, a a Muslim 
a uh, actual member of the coalition of evil, which includes fundamentalist Muslims. Okay, I'm not not some secular Muslim who's not who's just trying to manage his own life, but these fundamentalist Muslims that believe these Quranic verses that say you should kill infidels. Okay. They are in the coalition of evil along with Democrats and atheists and uh, homosexual radicals, the environmental radicals, the socialists, the communists, the fascists, all the different groups that want to deny that your rights and my rights are a gift from God. They, they all agree on that point. Okay, they're a bunch of thugs who want to take over and they fight each other over who's going to take over. But they all want to take over, all of them. Okay, and so and Ralph Northam hides behind being a cadet, a cadet. And last time I checked the cadet honor code, which he cited in his ad to show you what a liar Ralph Northam is. He said a cadet will not lie, cheat or steal, nor tolerate those who do. And the Democrat Party is full of liars and cheaters, and Northam has never called one of them out. So when you go to vote, remember that, folks. And that has to be the last word for today's program. God bless you. Go vote. From Detroit down to Houston and New York to L.A. Where there's pride in every American heart and it's time we stand. Where is the best news and talk? AM 820 WNTW Chester is the answer.